Hey there, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a big Masu, and welcome to another episode of Reading Minds and Sounding Crime. Oh, Solving Crimes. Reading Minds, Solving Crimes. I swear to God, I can't. I, that Sounding Crimes thing is going to ruin me for fucking so many episodes going forward. Where did that even come from? It was a slip up once and Scott called me out on it. And I was like, why would I say sounding crimes? And it's just I like. Would I would never do anything like say sounding crimes. And now it's all I can think about. <laughs> it is the worst. But this episode, or this podcast, is a show where we watch episodes of the CBS crime procedural, The Mentalist, and then talk about it between three close friends. Uh, joining me as always, we have Chris Sacco. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? And we have Scott Lee. You have my undivided attention. <laughs> How was, uh, did you guys get hit by that, that hurricane that was all hyped up? That was the weakest ass hurricane I've ever seen. <laughs> it was such a weak ass hurricane. Like, it, we, got dude, lot, we got some rain. It's one of those things where it's like, if the governor's telling you to stay inside, I'm like, I'm expecting some fucking shit to go down, you know what I mean? <laughs> It was, like, wet outside. My dogs didn't want to go out. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do this thing with my cat where I uh, I make a big show of looking out the window just to convince my cat to also look out the window <laughs> to figure out what's going on. Gets them every time, and I feel so clever. I'm like, you dumb cat. You, <laughs> you don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid ass cat. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's new? What do we got? Uh, I'm another. I'm a Godfather for like the fourth time. That's pretty sweet. He's, he's just racking up fucking racking these God babies. Got to collect those God babies. You know what I'm talking about? Are they, is, are right, they considered think. God babies? I guess so. What else would they be? God children. <laughs> God children. God children. I think it's God children. Yeah, I prefer God babies. And they eventually grow up out of becoming babies. So right, like... they'll be God. They'll be God people eventually. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> always a godson or daughter. <laughs> so that's pretty. Is cool. there is there a statute of limitations on that? Like, or are you always like you know what I mean? Like, if if they're like thirty five, are you are they still considered okay? They are. They will be my. I, Your life I I, forever, God babies. Am I all? Yeah. I think I have all God's sons. I don't think I have. <laughs> well, that's racist. <laughs> that's a racist. The, dude, he just he, he calls any God. A <laughs> there can only be one. Yeah. He's like More a like a feudal situation. Yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a question for you guys because I, I this is something I I know to, know that I do myself and I don't know I feel like I'm relatively unique in this. Do you guys ever get, like, so, you know how, um, let's say you have, like, you're having, a, like, a nice dinner, and there's, like, mm -hmm. you know, there's, like, a multiple different things, like, you got mashed potatoes, you got, uh, some green beans, some, some chicken, or, like, all these things, right? And there's, like, one thing that you really like, that you, like, had some of, you always, like, and you, like, save it for the last bite, or, like, you don't want to eat it, you know what I mean? You, like, you wait till the end. Mm-hmm. So I do that, but with media a lot of times. <laughs> with media? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for example, there's there's this movie that just came out recently uh, for a series called Evangelion, or Evangelion? I don't know exactly what to say. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, but there's a, 
it's a series that I've been watching for a long time, like since like middle school, high school. Um, and they did like a four movie reboot of everything, and the fourth movie just came out on Amazon. And it was one of those things where I was like so excited. I was gonna watch it the day it came out, and then I was just like, I don't, don't want to watch it. <laughs> and like it's it's one of those it's like been out now for a few weeks, and like I finally watched, I started watching it last night. I watched an hour, and then I was like, all right, that's good enough, and I just stopped watching it. Not because it was bad; it was actually like super good. <laughs> so but you. I, uh, you won't finish watching it because then it's gonna be done. Yeah, dude, I that's do, I, I do that. I do that. For okay, sure. I'm not, with, that's like a that's no. like a thing. Okay, with like a movie though, Scott. Oh, not with a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you I had. Our, have, I don't have the patience for that. But we had for like a device. television show for books, like I, a book series. Yeah, I really like. I won't read like books. the last chapter. I'm, let me tell you, I'm very excited to go back to the the movie, but I just don't know when, you know. But I just have it in my back pocket yes. now. So I think so I didn't I, read the last like chapter or two of the Lord of the Rings series <laughs> for like two months. But I have like a I have a very serious question involved. Then what do we do when we get to season seven of the Mentalist? Are I we just not gonna watch the last episode. I think I think I that's our up, that's dude. our ultimate ruse is is we don't record the last episode. We just walk like, away to the sunset. That way, it's never over, you know, because there's always it's always looming on the horizon. I aggressively look forward to the ends of those type like media. See, that's, like, you got to keep us on task, then. When we're... I still, I still haven't seen the last couple episodes of Game of Thrones, and that's mostly wow. because I don't want to ruin it. But it's the same idea holds. I, I yeah, mean, although you know that's bad, so it's like that's a little yeah, that yeah. makes it a little. Maybe bit everyone bad. lied to me. Maybe it's some giant conspiracy. It was actually good. good I won't like, know. <laughs> like the good, like the good place. We had that in our calendar, like circled, like the good place, season, like series finale. Yeah. Like we buckled up. Like that was the thing we were excited <laughs> for. That was there was a waterworks on that episode. Oh dude, god, dude. I, I cried I, like I, feel I like, cried like a baby. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was like a chemical warfare. Fucking. Yeah, I don't know though. Because I mean, abuse. I'm also the type of person that gets like will get bored of a TV series long before it decides to be over. Generally, <laughs> so like Firefly, perfect, perfect, perfect show. <laughs> One season. I still. I contend that the whole reason that show is good is because it got canceled. I feel oh, like hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like the, the reason can, why it's remembered so fondly is because it only had one season. And even then, like it was, it was like cut off from that season, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god! I feel like there's an, at least a couple other shows that were similar to that that uh, just got like railroaded before they ever petered out themselves. There, see, the thing now is like the big thing is you just bring those these shows back. And you yeah. put them on like a never show. <laughs> but then you Listen, got shows like Supernatural. Watching. I'm pretty sure that show's still on the air. No, I it's know done. they were talk I know they were talking about ending it. I'm not convinced it's over. No, so I I know it's done because this is a little awkward. <laughs> it ended. I was hanging out with Jensen Ackles <laughs> no. and there was this whole like awkward beef because it ended and everyone is happy. Everyone walked away. And then Jason Eccles is like, "We're doing a prequel show." Yeah, but that's what I was gonna say. But then he, they didn't invite the other guy. 
Oh. <laughs> and he didn't know about it until the show was announced. Oh, so no. it was just like, hey, hey listen. <laughs> it's like well, Jason it, Eccles I, I, and crew. So, uh, Jensen Eccles is Dean, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, okay. He's in uh, a new like superhero movie or show, isn't he? I like I like how the IMDb page for for Jensen Ackles is literally it says like Jensen Ackles IMDb underneath it says Jen, Jensen Ackles actor colon supernatural period <laughs> he is the supernatural I feel like he is in a new superhero movie oh he's in the boys that's what it is he's in the boys as as Soldier Boy which is hilarious but. People keep telling me that show's good. I keep yeah. hearing the same thing. But I it's am. like people tell me that I need to watch... Uh, Ted Lasso's the best Ted show on Lasso. television right now. And I'm like, look, man, quit pushing. I'm not people, I ain't buying. People I ain't really buy- like Ted Lasso. That's what I found out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is- Wait a minute. A Bic, don't even try to say you don't really like Ted Lasso. I No, I like Ted Lasso. <laughs> but also, my like for Ted Lasso comes at it from a weird angle where I'm like, I want more sports drama <laughs> than Ted Lasso. I'm probably the only person in the world <laughs> that's like, yo, Ted Lasso's sweet, but give me more of that fucking like, soccer drama action <laughs> that the show itself clearly does not give a shit about. <laughs> they don't give two fucks about that. <laughs> but I'm still holding it's like one of those things where it's like the show's good the show's nice but like I want that fucking I want that tension you know what I mean like give me yeah, give me the fucking get, conflict are they gonna get relegated are they not gonna get relegated it, what's gonna happen it's fascinating it is fascinating Jared Padalecki is the other guy <laughs> yeah that, so they, they, no one told him a thing about this new show <laughs> very it's interesting it's interesting to me that I'm very curious about their careers moving forward just because I feel like they spent like the like the prime and end of prime and beginning of end of careers <laughs> all in Supernatural. <laughs> so I'm curious Listen, to see if they're successful. UPN stars or CW stars are a different breed. <laughs> That's true. That, they're lifers, man. Wait, that show was 15 years? 15 years. That's dumb as fuck. Yeah, it's, well, cra- it's crazy. The, the original creators meant for it to end with five seasons, and I think they left after five seasons. But CW I, that's, was I like, that's right when it we're going to we're gonna fucking milk this money. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it went through so... I mean, I didn't follow super, super long into it, but it went through, like, transformations as a show, which mm. is, like, crazy. It went from, like, a very clear Monster of the Week show to, like... A much more prolonged drama show, and then they like sprinkle in like the crazy episodes when they're like musicals and shit. Like it's just such a weird ass show, dude. The the CW will catch everything eventually. <laughs> Every show will become CW. It's gross. Is this is this show gonna become CW? Are we, yep. we just switching to Supernatural? I'm waiting for the musical episode. That's for sure. No, Woof. I will be. I'm I'm sick that week. What what uh, how did we start talking about Ted Lasso? There was a point that we were gonna make that I can't remember now. Something oh the boys Scott was saying oh, the boys. boys should be good. Everyone likes that. Everyone likes Ted Lasso. So the boys the reason I don't like the boys 
is um, I got disturbingly high one day with my friend. <laughs> it's like it was one of those start. things where like it was as bad as that weekend that we had Sacco. Like it was one of those Dude. things. <laughs> Okay, all right. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down now. It was not like it was not a good time. And there's a scene in the like in the first episode of The Boys. There's other stuff that happens, of course, and there's probably more of a context to it. But the problem is, is that I was way too high to understand the context for it. And all I remember from that show is like something that is like a inverse triangle or like something that like blew up a dude's head like and it was like very gory and i was like i'm out like i do not want to see the show <laughs> and again i i hear a lot of good things about that show but like I, it just immediately equates this horrible memory for me that makes sense did we did we say that the original creator of supernatural also is the creator of the boys eric kripke <laughs> Is it really? Yep, he's a writer and producer for the known for the boys and Supernatural. Oh wow! Easy. Okay, easy. So <laughs> it all comes. It's full all circle. coming together. It's all coming together now. And now, how do we trace this back to Simon Baker? I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> if we were better at transitions, we could have figured it out. But if, we're not. If someone, if someone wants to email in a good transition. <laughs> Where can the email us, Sacco? Email those transitions for us at itsmindcrimes at gmail.com and tweet us your favorite moments from the boys at, at mindscrimes. <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, if people want to watch a show called The Mentalist instead of these other mediocre shows, where can they find that, Scott? They can't. It's actually, it's very sad. It's no longer available. It's not it's, allowed. It's, it's, on, it's on Amazon it's Prime. Bad. It's banned. It's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Uh, so this week we're talking about episodes 13 and 14. We have episode 13, which is like a red line, I guess is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And episode 14, a Cho-centric episode. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, I thought red line was all right. It was like, it was kind of a neat little fun jaunt. Um, I thought the whole like, uh, what's his face? Eric Washburn or whatever, Walter Mashburn. Yeah. I thought that whole like, I thought that whole like billionaire, I'm like, I might be the murderer skit was kind of fun. Um, (laughs) Okay. I just want to, did this guy like, he felt like, and this is going to sound weird. So I don't want to say it in a weird way, but he felt like a budget Kevin Spacey. Yes, he did feel like okay, Kevin okay. Spacey. I don't mean to just because Kevin Spacey's a way worse person than this guy probably. Is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so like, like don't want to put it in like a, but like as far as purely acting is involved, it feels like he kept trying to channel on Kevin Spacey. I mean, he also kind of had like a little look about him, right? Like, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of Kevin Spacey. They're not as far off as you would think. Yeah. Hmm. It's like Fat Damon, you know? You know, like that <laughs> Yeah. It's like that guy. Well, it just yeah. it felt like he watched like an ep- like one episode too many of the what's the the Netflix show? House of Cards? Yeah. And, Was that and, even out then? I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I I feel like that's an old enough show now. Maybe not. Oh god. 
House of Cards was 2013 to 2017. All right, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long time ago. Yeah. All right, maybe, yeah. maybe Kevin Spacey fucking followed this guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's an avid fucking fan of this one particular episode. Curry Graham is that man's name. <laughs> How'd you like Good the word. episode, Scott? I thought they were they were okay. Yeah, they weren't like fantastic, but they weren't bad. Uh, I I like the show episode a lot more than I liked um, yep. the car episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I like it. Uh, should we get into episode thirteen? Sure. Uh, so Roll this it. one starts off in a in a very fancy car dealership. I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some sort of high rollers walking around in this in this. Uh, in this dealership and it opens with one of the um the sales reps opening up a trunk of a car and boom it's one of their co-workers is dead and buried inside of the trunk um the her name is lizelle lizelle that's a good name uh yeah <laughs> we have uh jade and the cbi show up and they start questioning um i think jane just starts questioning the sales reps right away um, and he, he all, I don't know if he, if he says something, I forget, I don't think I wrote it down, but he basically all but calls them like selfish ghouls. Essentially. Yeah. I don't, I didn't write it down, but yes, he does. It's bad. And it's, it's very like the sales reps are like, no, we're cool. It's fine. And Jane's like, well, that's interesting that you mentioned that because the victim's like client list is upstairs in the break room or something. And he's like, I wonder how fast you guys are. And then, you know, <laughs> to um, <laughs> to his point, they just fucking start booking it. And they, they're like climbing all over each other and stuff. And there's just like one sales rep left. And Jane's like, well, this guy is cool. <laughs> he's he's probably safe. Pro- he's a, at the end. Um, yeah, he's like, he's like, this guy's probably probably good. <laughs> and he's like, you are right. And he's like, yeah, no, like I'm. I, I like I didn't kill him, and he's and he like you this is a like, weird though, look. <laughs> I don't I, I I can't explain it super well, but he's like, did you kill him? No, no, oh, you didn't. Did, but did you kill him? And then he, like <laughs> cuts did, to uh to credits. Yeah, he, he he's like you were too honest to profit from a killing, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> like he's like unless he's like break it up unless. You're working a double bluff? No, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, and then it rolls. Uh, the next thing I wrote is clown manager. What happens here, Scott? Um, so the major point with this guy is basically, so I feel like the this the way they've set this up is the manager is essentially like the guy that everyone like hates about car dealerships right <laughs> is that he set up this environment where people are just like he's basically pitting everyone against each other and like the lowest person on the totem pole gets like fired essentially and the top person gets a bonus Th- this um, is basically a character or like it's basically like uh alec baldwin from that fucking movie yeah, when yeah, closers always be coffee. closing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that fucking thing that is like the fucking like Bible for sales reps. Yeah, and so like the interactions we get is that the murdered victim was, I believe, she was like 
like middle of the pack in terms of like salespeople. And then we get an interaction between like the top guy and then the second guy um, are like basically like always like duking it out. And then like the boss is essentially siding with like the top person because he's like he's the closer. Um, And it's just like a total they're just all knobs. I think part of the reason why I didn't like this episode is just because like who like who enjoys <laughs> that type of person, and then you have to spend a lot of time with these people. It's very it's a weird episode, that's for sure. I do I do like how Jane keeps shifting through their like their fridge, the company fridge, and the guy gets immediately pissed off at Jane like picking up his fucking like soup or whatever. His beef like, barley soup. He's like, barley, hey, yeah. hey, don't touch that. <laughs> Jane's just like Jane, Jane thought he could steal a free meal is what I what it looks yeah, like to Jane, me. Jane's always hungry, you know. <laughs> he is. <laughs> they didn't uh, have any free snacks in the. Uh, in the I, yeah, you, you, you would think, think a place, like, yeah, of all the places, to not have like free, like a, just a crazy spread. You Every think time at like least. Like popcorn, give me some water, yeah. give me something. A coffee, like, a, like a, just a those little coffee, like mini uh, candy bars. Anything. <laughs> a Keurig, I, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, give me a give me a K cup coffee. That's all I need <laughs> at the car dealership. <laughs> uh, they, they, oh. but they they spent all their money on the nice tux, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. We do. Um, Jade kind of pokes at the the top salesman guy. Um, f- trying to find out, like, hey, like what his relationship was with uh, the victim um, kind of he asks him like why he was so annoyed at the victim person and there's like a <laughs> the guy like basically is is like apparently pissed because he thinks that she's getting all of her sales because she like looks pretty um, and then <laughs> Jane's like oh, so did you ask her out and she's like, and he said something like, no, he, or he did, but she's like dating this like rock star named Jeff. And so that's why she said no. I, Jeff this, Sparhawk. This man is not a rock star. This man is a struggling musician <laughs> at best. <laughs> Somehow surprisingly, or maybe he exclusively does evil music because this guy is on the fucking. <laughs> this guy's a sad boy. <laughs> he is one depressed dude. Yeah, angry, yeah, depressed yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, actually, like, mostly angry. Maybe not depressed. I honestly feel bad for Jeff Sparhawk. He's got a he got the shit under the stick. He's not doing great. He takes smells. That's for sure. <laughs> Life is pain, Zacho. Life is pain. Life is pain. <laughs> uh, but before we actually see the guitarist, we do see um, Lisbon take aside Rigsby and Van Pelt as a continuation from last week. She. Because they're lovers? Yes, because because <laughs> they've loudly professed their love to each other. Lisbon has to now acknowledge that they did that. To be uh, fair, they didn't say that they were in love with each other. They said that they were lovers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lisbon's I think it's important. I think it's important that we make that distinction. <laughs> so Lisbon is like, hey, I'm going to have to, because you told me this, I'm going to have to report to the higher-ups that you guys are in a relationship. Uh at the end, and she like kind of like puts like a weird deadline on it, which is like after this case is over, um, Van Pelt kind of brings up the elephant room, which is like, hey, like if you do that, like that means one of us are gonna have to get transferred out because it's like not company policy that coworkers can date or it's like something like to that extent. And 
Lisbon's like, yeah, <laughs> you you guys are the ones that fucking did this. Like, don't fucking You're look at me. You're the morons who put me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of walks away from that. Um, and then we get. She, she gives him till the end of the case. She's like, we're going to we're going to revisit what we're going to do, what I'm going to do about this when we close this case. Is so. that like is that basically like her hoping that they would just solve I, it for I, her? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Uh, like I didn't really te- like the only thing that I figured from that statement was that she was like the show was written so that it has time for Lisbon to figure out like wait a minute I'm not I'm not actually going to separate think it's them. A They're good tactic? people. I think so. I think I think like when I was watching it, my instinct was that Lisbon was actually struggling with what to do and she didn't know how she was going to handle it so she was giving herself a break on like i'm going to report you right now Mm -hmm. it was we're in the middle of a case where like stuff's happening but i need to think about this more too yeah i still like my my original theory that she was just like hoping everything would just go away (laughs) i mean that's valid thought (laughs) and she's just mostly pissed that they would have the audacity to bring this up with her in the first place. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> uh, what happens next, Psycho? Um, so this is when... Oh, this is when they go meet Jeff Sparhawk. So The Jeff Sparhawk? Yeah, the Jeff Sparhawk. Lisbon and Jane go to Jeff's house. Uh, and, like, there's tension between Lisbon and Jane when they go there because... He like Lisbon is definitely stressed out about the breaking <laughs> up of Van Pelt and Rigsby. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he like, so they get there, uh, they are looking around Jeff's apartment, and Jeff has like a sad life where he has he basically is just a struggling musician that Lizelle has done everything for him, like, she gave him all of everything. And when they first opened the door, he is <laughs> slamming a guitar on the ground. I was going like, to say, I was like... <laughs> just absolutely beating the shit out of this guitar. And they're like... Lisbon comes in with her guns drawn. She's like, hey, buddy, we're at the CPI. Can you, like, uh, you know, just put the, the guitar down? motherfucker. This is not the first time this episode we're going to see him fucking angrily fucking swinging a thing around. No. So he, like, he throws his thing on the ground and... Jane kind of ridicules, not really ridicules him, but reads him and is like, you're just a sad, depressed man. And like, you really kind of suck at what you're doing and you feel bad about yourself. And he, (laughs) Jeff, Jeff confirms all of that and was like, look, this like Lizelle was everything. Like I didn't deserve her. She worked her ass off. She made all this money at the luxury car dealership. She worked with all these scuzzy people and people would be hitting on her and all this shit. And I like, I had to deal with it. And like, he admits he didn't like her working there and that there's jealousy and all that shit. But like, what else is he going to do as a guy that just wants to be a musician and apparently is not very good at it? No. Um, so <laughs> there's he, like a line. He's where he's like, like successful. He's like, I only made like $6,000 or something last year. And, and yeah. like in a rare, a very rare situation, Jane actually tries to like lift his spirits being like, Hey man, like Van Gogh, like you made more than Van Gogh. <laughs> and this fucking downer is like, how'd he end? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jane's like, woof, that's the last time I tried to help anybody. 
And this is why you never help anybody. Uh, did my good deed for the year. Yeah. But so, so like the, I think one of the big things that you find out or like the main thing that you find out here is as, as Jane and Lisbon are kind of, or more Jane, Lisbon's just sitting on the couch as Jane's walking around this guy's apartment. He points out, uh, a, um, painting on the wall and he's like, that's worth a lot of money. And you come, come to find out that, you know, they leave, they leave the apartment. They found out who gave that to her. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the man, the myth, the legend, Walter Mashburn, <laughs> who is kind of like an awful person. He's he's the what's the what's the uh, what's the Costco joke? Or no, the, the Kirkland, the Kirkland brand, yeah, <laughs> rich guy. Yeah, he's he's Costco, he's Costco rich, Costco Bezos. Yeah, I would yeah. say Costco Elon Musk. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got an Elon Musk feel to him, but this guy is just like a total doofus. <laughs> it's a Tony Stark with zero charm, nor Spacey. <laughs> but he does have a sweet. He does. I have don't. A sweet I won't boat. even condone that comparison. <laughs> Listen, that's a pretty good comparison. It's a pretty good comparison. He's a. He's a zero. He's. He's a guy who's playing D&D as Tony Stark, but put his stats into stupid instead of charisma. <laughs> he's having a good time. Uh, um, anyways. We get... Yeah. Uh, ba, 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 ba. We Oh, the only thing I, other thing I wrote, I think as they're like walking out now, I think to, to go to talk to, to Mr. Mashburn... There's like a seed with like Jane being like, "Hey man, I get it. it <laughs> I get you're like super bothered with this uh, Van Pelt Rigsby thing." And Lisbon's like, "I'm not bothered by it." Uh, I wrote in the you're bothered. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, "I'm not bothered by it." And then Arrested Development narrator, she was, <laughs> she was, because <laughs> uh, it like cuts to like her and Jane in the car, and she's like, she says something to the effect of like. Like, I can't believe you would say that, like, I would be bothered by it. And Jane's like, how did you remember exactly what I said? <laughs> like, this is clearly upsetting you. Um, But they, they end up at this, I, I want to say it's like a like an upper class restaurant, is that what I believe it's at, where they're trying to find... Um, Mr. Mashburn and the guy, the the guy at the front is kind of playing defense. You know, it's like, oh, this is a upscale place where we can't just tell you if Mr. Mashburn's here or not. <laughs> and Jade, with all of his ability, is like, I got this, and he just kind of like <laughs> strolls in past the guy. <laughs> and the guy's like, wait, you can't just. And he chases there after. are rules. Yeah, you can't just do that. Like, you would think there was some master plan. that Because Jane's always good at working around people. But in this situation, I feel like he's just like, ah, I'm just going to walk in. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> this, this nerd isn't going to stop me. <laughs> what are they going to do? Call the police? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he does that. And then as he's as he's walking in, uh, Lisbon is, like, checking the guest list to see if she can find, find some information. And as she's checking this, um, who shows up? But it's Mr. Mashburn, and he's like, hey, give me the usual table. Lisbon's like, come again? He's like, you must be new here. Like, tries to slip her a 20 or something. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
they they had, so they end up getting a table. I I don't know how. I guess he's rich enough that they probably it doesn't matter. And this this Mister Mashburn's very much into what Lisbon's about. Um, cause he's on full flirt mode with her, like right off the bat now. And there's this like, <laughs> this, this, uh, scene where it's like Mr. Mashburn and his date that he brought in her, his, his date is just on her phone texting the whole time, which also I, that phone that she used, did you notice? I want to say that was like one of those, like, was it like a chocolate phone? It's like one of those things that like the phones you remember that you like flip up and it oh, has yeah. the whole text of the keyboard. Hell yeah, I had one of those full QWERTY keyboard. Yeah, that's it was it was a chocolate, right? Or like, did they have? The so I had a Samsung something. I think the chocolate was like the super narrow one. Super narrow. I don't know. No, hold I, on. I had my razor. I was all set. <laughs> oh, the razor was dope. It was a weird the, time, but there was so many different types of phones. The yeah. chocolate was a slider. Yes, yes. That's this. This person was using, dude. She had a slider. But it didn't have a full quarter. Straight up, right? Yeah. This is um, a straight up and down slider. Oh, maybe she um, didn't have it then. Hold on. Listen, she was very stylish, though, is what I'm going to say. She was. <laughs> she was very stylish. Oh, my God. I just searched Samsung slider QWERTY phone, and it is throwing me back to 2006. <laughs> Easy. It was the crap. Wild, dude, before the iPhone, or, like, before the iPhone like became the default for everything. It was a it was a fucking weird time for phones, man. Oh my god, these phones are weird as fuck. <laughs> you can fucking get away with anything. Like the end gauge, that that's another one. You remember that? That that was a thing. I do remember that thing. <laughs> They're like, what if you could have a, a Game Boy Advance, but try to make calls on your Game Boy? Easy. <laughs> Dude, it's the best of all worlds. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna throw this in the chat because you guys gotta. <laughs> I don't think you remember the monstrosity that the end gauge was. <laughs> I remember very well. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> there was a Sony one too. I think it was, was it a Sony Ericsson or something. Yeah, dude, that You're, thing was fucking. Oh my! <laughs> Look at that piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of like a Game Boy. Exactly. Yeah, but it's a, but it's a phone. That sounds awesome. <laughs> where are you gonna Where are you gonna fucking talk? I don't even see like the speaker situation for this thing. Yeah, you don't uh, want you don't. It doesn't matter because you don't pick up your calls because you're busy playing your game. <laughs> I guess that's true. They're just living life, man. Oh uh, man. Anyways, this lady had a weird phone. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, I don't think she says a word the whole time. She's just pl she's just having the time of her life, much to what Scott's saying. Just playing her end game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, they're... The, the conversation kind of is a lot of this dude trying to hook up with Lisbon. Uh, Jade getting a kick out of this whole situation. Um, at some point, Jade kind of does the... The thing he does with all people where he's like, did you kill her? And this this guy is like, gets super excited about the idea that anyone can consider him to kill it. Because he like, immediately is like, ooh, I could, maybe I did kill him. Or he says something like, um, uh, oh, like, like, what, like, what, ah, uh, fuck, what was, he says something... I thought I wrote it down. When they go to the when they go to the 
the boat place? Yeah, he, he says uh, oh. something yeah, about, he, like... He's, he basically says that if he was going to kill someone, he wouldn't stuff them in the back of a car. If he wanted to kill someone, they would just disappear like smoke. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, exactly. And then he, he also says something like, if you played it right, you could get away with... Well, you know, I was I was going to say murder, but you know what I mean? Like, he's trying so hard to get Jade yeah. to fucking uh, suspect him. And then he, he also is, like, goading fucking Jade being like, oh, like, you're you're a mentalist? Or, like, you're a mindseeker? Yeah, yeah. He's, like, a, a big charlatan. That's what I, that's what I think. Like, um, <laughs> does he... I don't even know if there's, like, too much information here he <laughs> no it's like, just honestly that what i felt like when when they were talking to him the whole time was like this guy definitely didn't kill the person but they want to make they it's they basically want to show you what a what a serial killer could be <laughs> like this guy feels like he could be a serial killer <laughs> i feel like most too dangerous to game was serial killer but he does I mean, he hops in his boat and he's like try and catch me and then fucking sails away like a little bit too slowly to try and say like you know what I mean like it lingered a little too long for you to be like all right, that's a pretty cool lot. (laughs) (laughs) the thing that pissed me off about this is dude owns like I don't know that's got to be like a like one to two million dollar speedboat. Yeah. He has a fucking driver for it. Like what? What kind of like? What are you doing? Like you might as well just hop on a ferry if you're just gonna have someone drive you around. <laughs> Listen, he can't get his hands dirty, like, dude. He just it's like oh, having a jaguar and sitting in the passenger seat while your driver <laughs> drives you around. It's like what? What? What do you Why? doing, bruh? What is this? Is this is a game to you. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they go talk to that other guy next, which which I'm on the wiki and it's amazing. It's his other guy, yeah. Noah Landau. They talk to another guy and nobody gives a fuck about this other guy. This guy sucks. Who's the other guy? It was the, the bald fucking, dude. like yeah. With the mush oh, high bald, the husband, high bald right? guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was the the husband of uh who though? The owner, I think, right? The, the owner of the car that the the ship that the body was in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Which yeah, they does make him look like a good suspect. <laughs> he it didn't does. do it. No. I think that's later though. I think that happens after. Nah, I think it's right. Cause cause she's the one that tells him that he hired Sparhawk to go get the car because there was drugs in it and that they need to talk to Sparhawk. Yeah, yeah, but I think, well, because that was, the, the the whole thing with Rigsby and Van Pelt already happened by then. Um, that they were fighting? Yeah, well, fucking <laughs> Rigsby is like the worst boyfriend. Yeah, he's the worst. Because <laughs> the, the, the scene with him where he's like, he like, he like takes Van Pelt aside and he's like, we're going to get through this together, right? And she's like, right. And he's like, all right, cool. I mean, what the what worst comes to worst, like they're probably not gonna like transport or like uh, transfer you out of state. Like you'll probably get a cool, nice, cushy job in L.A. or something, <laughs> or or like Central Valley. And she's like, "Wait, why are we assuming I'm gonna get transferred?" He's like, "Well, you know, I got seniority and like I, I listen. I'm really trying to like look out for my career, you know." <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to think about number one. It's <laughs> just like, man, drinks me. You cannot fucking stop. You keep stepping on rakes, fucking a la uh, Simpsons, left and right. Rigsby, Rigsby just puts his foot in his mouth over and over and over again in this episode. It's amazing. It's very funny. Uh, then she does. It is not a good situation in that in that household. Um, no. We do also see have um, Jane goes back to the to the to the car dealership and like I think it's like him and Cho and they. They accent or they walk in on the like head manager and the number one sales rep that are like arguing with each other, um, very very much like 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 a, like like a dick measuring contest between the two where it's like the the lead guy's like I can't believe you're treating me like this like just because I've been sick and the other guy's like like this is how like they're like if you don't come to perform like you're last or if you're not first you're last um, <laughs> and. So we find it some first or last. <laughs> yeah, we, hell, I was high when I said that, son. You could be second, third. <laughs> um, <laughs> we find some information here where it's like, um, that you know, we found that the, the the top sales rep was like sick. We we find out about this is where we find out about the fact that the person who stole the car was the owner's husband. And that's why, like, they called to cancel it because it's like, well, we can't, like, fucking call it the husband, like, the husband who owns the fucking place, basically. Um, and, of course, while he's here again, Jane <laughs> tries to steal this man's beef barley. And he's like, dude, you gotta have st- it. stop touching my fucking lunch, man. Gotta have it. <laughs> you gotta, you just, just eat anything else. Just please, please leave my barley alone. And Jane's like, Jane kind of makes a comment like, "Who steals barley, or like beef barley?" When like he would a hundred percent steal that fucking food. <laughs> he would. Well, he makes a point. Late, I mean, later about like the poisoning, right? Yeah. And that that's how he knew. That's no ultimate. one would steal beef barley soup. Who's, who's taking beef you, barley? You'd soup. have to be truly desperate. <laughs> it's beef barley. Like it's uh, like I think the more unappealing part of this beef barley soup is that. It's a lot of beef barley soup in like a ratty old big plastic tupperware. None of it like, looks appetizing. It is way too much soup and way of too it. large of a Tupperware. You and like yeah, just just odd, just an odd situation all around. And this guy's very possessive about his soup. <laughs> Jane says beef. Not really a popular soup meat, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Beef stew's delicious. Yeah, but it's, a stew isn't a soup. A stew is definitely a soup. Hundred ah, percent. I feel like a stew is 100%. a stew. <laughs> no, it's 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 under the soup umbrella with chowders. Uh, all right. Okay. Like yeah, I, I think there's a hierarchy. All right. So Not all soup- soups are stews, but all stews right, are right, stews. Right, right, right. So, so we're saying soup is the the top. Soup, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Is wait a minute, then wait a minute. Yeah, is, cer- is cereal cold soup? No. Is oatmeal a ver- version of soup? No. <laughs> so I'm looking at it. Soup is any combin of combination of ingredients cooked in liquid. So I would agree, cereal is not. But oatmeal 
is. Could be soup. It's got to be. It's got to be at least fifty percent liquid. It doesn't. This oatmeal is too viscous. <laughs> soup is any combination of ingredients cooked in liquid. I'm reading this from the internet. Uh, that sounds I mean, like te- a soup. That, te- that technically includes everything that's cooked. <laughs> no, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Name me something that isn't comprised of mostly liquid. I'll wait. What if, right, okay, you if you if you heat up, <laughs> right, if you heat that, up your I'll cereal, I'll wait. If you if heat you up eat. your cereal, is that a soup? If you saute something in oil, is that not liquid? Are you not cooking it in liquid? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's yeah, see I here. thought so. Well, like I think I think if you're like if it's primary if if the primary aspect of the meal is the liquid, yes, that is like yeah. in in combination with the rest of it. I, I think you could consider that a soup. Definition of soup from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. <laughs> a liquid food, especially with a meat, fish, or vegetable stock as a base, and often containing pieces of solid food. Two, yeah. something such as a heavy fog or nitroglycerin having or suggesting the consistency or nutrient qualities of soup. Weird. What? Three, an unfortunate predicament. <laughs> Interesting. I'm, I've souped myself again. <laughs> We've made a soup of this. <laughs> Anyways. Back to the beef barley. Uh, yeah, only Jane would eat that trash. Garbage. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, do you want to talk about the the husband? I mean, there's not that much to talk about. They they bring him in to interview him. He's a sleaze bag. He's definitely high while they're talking to him. <laughs> what what is he from? Because he looked very familiar to He's me. He's been in other stuff for sure. Uh, it's played by Paul Ben Victor. Uh, he was in The Wire. He was in The Wire. This is a Greek mobster Spiros Vandis. Vandapolos. Vandopolis. Vandopolis. Or Vandopolos. They might might be a different pronunciation. Definitely not if it's a Greek monster. Could be. It could nope, be. It's Vandopolis. It, it could be. <laughs> I've made a soup of this. Uh, <laughs> really in the soup now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's been he's he's like a classic TV actor. I guess it must be Daredevil that I know him in. He was in Daredevil? Yeah, he was, apparently. He, My name is Earl, The Shield, Entourage, The Wire. He's been in NYPD a lot of shit. Blue, The X-Files. A perennial TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my classic, God. classic minor interest in a television series. He does have that look look about him. He was uh, he was on he was Bobby Hobbs, 46 episodes of The Invisible Man, so that's probably his claim to fame. Was he invisible the whole time? He must have been. Was he The Invisible Man? <laughs> uh, Credited. Nope, he was the second guy. Yeah, but the the gist of it is basically his wife, who they're getting divorced, but he's like, maybe there's a chance we can get back together. Uh, anyway, she took the car that, that I believe she bought... Uh, he had taken it to go to Vegas and then come back, and then she took it back from him to get it cleaned because clearly he's not the type of person who would leave the car in good shape after a Vegas bender. When he found out that that had happened, he realized, hey, I left a whole bunch of drugs in that car. It would be <laughs> not great if they found them. Oh shit. Uh, so he hired Jeff Sparhawk, 
who I guess he had seen talking to the victim at some point. That's the connection there. I forget exactly. Very tenuous. But, but <laughs> I think he's desperate for a I think job. If I had, could put words in his mouth, I would say he probably smelled the pour on this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. If I had put words in his mouth. Um, and so he basically paid him to go steal the car so that he could get the drugs. Um, and that they should talk to Sparhawk because he didn't actually go to the dealership. He hired Sparhawk to go to the dealership. And get He's the following what I've what I've considered the mentalist theme, which is like if you do one wrongdoing, you have to keep escalating other wrongdoings to follow yeah. through on the first wrongdoing, and it usually to- always ends in murder on someone who definitely didn't need to yeah. get murdered. To be fair, though, this is like somewhat the reverse of survivorship bias, where like. The people we're running into are already embroiled in a murder investigation. So <laughs> the reason they're there is probably a string of bad choices that led to this moment. <laughs> but it's like, man, you could have just, just taken out the trash. But no, you got so mad that you had to kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I don't. I hope. I have to imagine the, the mother that didn't pick up the phone call is going to be the worst reason to murder somebody. But we'll see. There, maybe there'll be maybe there'll be there another one. Worse that one. Uh, I don't know the the spooky ghost murder. The spooky ghost murder. What? Well, that was money, right? So I feel like money is oh. always like and, and, and <laughs> like that dude <laughs> technically wants treasure, <laughs> which I feel like is more valuable than money because it's like the unknown aspect of it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if I told you the lure, would you rather kill someone over a million dollars? Or some treasure. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, probably I mean, I, would, I, would, I, would, I just want to mean, murder over this de- it, nebulous. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could treasure? even be, it could even be a million dollars. It could be a million dollars. <laughs> but that guy didn't want to murder him because that was the fucking hilarious part. Because he's it like, was. "Oh God, I got found." He tried to run away. He tried to run, but the victim was the one that chased him down. He's like, "Murder me." <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> We're dueling till the death because you tried to scare me. Yeah. Yeah, but then they go confront Sparhawk, and this is where we get the second. I'm, I'm going to let Sacco handle the Sparhawk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't we get a don't we get a quick scene uh, at the the motor the at the dealership where Jane's blaring music in like a Ferrari? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, isn't that after he... No, th- this is right oh, before. It's a very okay. quick scene. It, that basically it's a, it's a is there. S- it's oh, a great want, scene, though. What happens? Yeah, because it's very short. So, yeah, so so Jane and Cho are like hanging out in the super expensive car dealership. They're like literally sitting in a car, like blaring rap music <laughs> in this this like car dealership showroom. And the second in command, like the second seller, uh, his name is Brad. He comes over. He's like, "Dude, you you can't just sit in the cars all day." And he's like, "Oh well, let me test drive." And they like. They like, talk about nothing. Yeah. The guy, the guy's basically like, "We need to see a bank statement." He's like, "Man, you'd make an exception, right?" He's like, "No." <laughs> Get <laughs> and then, the fuck and, out then, and then Cho comes by and he's like, "Hey, um, we got a lead on Sparhawk. Like, let's go." Uh, and Jane asked to get dropped along the way, which I think is important because he gets dropped off at the dock, which will, like, I think there's there's a quick thing where he he waits for Mashburn. Um, but then it, it like, there's really nothing. Mashburn shows up, they talk, and then everyone's 
at the Ferrari, which has been smashed into the bushes outside of, <laughs> is it like a, what like a is the place? Or like a resort maybe? Like, yeah. It, I yeah. I couldn't tell what it was, but like, it's like a hotel, motel, resort, some sort of like place to sleep. And <laughs> fucking Jeff Sparhawk is a knife, right? Like he's. I gotta, get, I gotta get away. Knife. Get away. Like, everybody. Just die. Back away. No. He doesn't have a knife. He has a katana. Yeah, he, he has, has a fucking full-fledged sword. So this dude's swinging a sword around in front of him, and everyone's like, "Come on, I'll kill y'all!" And there's like a <laughs> there's like a bunch of cops with their guns on them, and they're all yelling like, "Put it down! Put it down!" And so like, it's a sad thing. He's trying to he's trying to get like police suicide, right? Like yeah, he's yeah. trying to. And get I feel like police. at the time, this was a big thing that was in the news. It was. Like they're um, so I would assume that it was addressing that at the yeah. time. There there was like a lot of that going on, like suicide by cop, which is like a sad thing. But so J or Lisbon uh Van Pelton is Van Pelt there? I don't know if Van Pelt's there, but I know Rigsby's there and he's like pointing his gun at them, they're all they're all standing there. And Lisbon's like, I'm gonna go talk to this dude. Don't shoot him unless he like really comes at me. And she puts her gun down and is like, look, dude, calm the fuck down. Put your gun down. You're going to be under arrest, but we're going to make you we're going to make everything OK. And everyone starts putting their guns down. And he's like, I kill." He says to Lisbon, <laughs> yeah, I killed her. I killed Lizelle. And they're like, OK, like Ooh, you're right. I, mean, I mean that metaphorically. <laughs> right. He doesn't say you that, until, that they're back, later, yeah. until they're back at the CBI. But so yeah, he like they they finally catch him and they they lock him up and they bring him back to the CBI and then I think then I think he goes back to Jane and uh, Walter right taking a stroll. Yeah, yeah. So they're on the beach, fucking yucking it up. Um, this guy has done research on Jane in in the in the time between their meetings where he's like, oh yeah, man, like you really are like a mentalist, like. He's like, I found out about your dead wife. You know, I found out all these like, tricks and stuff. And Jane's like, yeah, do you want me to show you one of, like, one of the tricks I can do? Um, <laughs> and he does like a pretty innocuous one where it's like he gets uh, the, the best, uh, Mr. Mashburn, like hides his ring. And Jane asks him like nonsensical questions and like reads him to the point where he finds out where the ring is, which is in like... Uh, this other like lady's bosom, basically, cleavage. yeah, inner cleavage, and she's like, yeah. "Wow, this guy's per- this guy's amazing." Um, <sighs> but that's not enough for Mashburn. Mashburn's like, yeah, "Anyone could have figured that one out." He's like, and Jane's like, "All right, let's up the ante," and <laughs> then there's this scene of <laughs> Mashburn fucking putting a blindfold over Jane and then Jane essentially being like, I'm going to get in this fucking dope Ferrari and just drive around like a madman and blindfolded <laughs> and make these crazy turns and stuff and not kill myself. And that's going to showcase how I am a mentalist. And this dude who doesn't believe him is like, all right, show me. But he show, by showing, he's like, all right, show me. And then let me get in the car with you. 
Well, he has or to he was read reading he has his to re- reactions. He's reading to, his reactions to judge to where turns. to turn. But, well, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is like, if this dude doesn't believe he can do this stuff, like, why the fuck would you go in the car with Because because Kirkland Kirkland Elon Musk doesn't have anything left to live for. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just bored. trying to get a jolt of excitement. He's <laughs> just just one last high before he fucking bites the dust. Hell yeah. Yep. Yep, <laughs> that, that is pretty Tony Stark. If I have to, yeah, um, except the real shitty version. Of Tony Stark. <laughs> um, sometimes you got to learn to run before you can walk. <laughs> sometimes True. you can learn neither when you're dead. So yep. this guy, so so Jade, of course, d- performs his ta- uh, up to task where he's swerving around. Uh, he has one hand on Mister. Um, Washburn, Washburn, Mashburn, Mashburn, swinging around the other, and then you know eventually stops, and everyone's clapping. They get out of the car. Mr. Washburn or Washburn's like eating it all up, but Jane didn't put the e-brake on because then the Ferrari just kind of rolls off the cliff and fucking. We see this (laughs) this clear CGI because obviously the mentalist can't afford to fucking do this. You know, it's a very real car, very real car. Then it cut the scene cuts to like at, a, at this like comic fucking car just flying off the ledge into the into the water below, and there's like a real like did I do that <laughs> uh, from fucking Simon Baker? He um, says he'll buy him a new car, and that the color sucked. It was like this <laughs> ugly yellow. Basically, yeah. So now he could have the inn to to look or, to do car shopping with at that place. Um, we're basically at the end at this point. Yeah. Okay. Is is this the next scene? Just them at the car dealership. Yeah, yeah they okay. go back to the car dealership. So, um, at the car dealership, we, you know, uh, Jane walks in. He's like, "Hey, listen. So, like, I need to buy this dude another um a replacement car." And the, and the that same sales rep's like, "Well, you need a bank statement." And Jane's like. And the other guy's like, he's like, I'm, I'll vouch for him. Like, he's good for it. And he's like, you need to see my bank statement. And the guy's like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, fine. Like, I'll, I'll help you. The the number one sales rep's like, yo, let me help you out. And this, and Jane's like, no, I want the guy that's second best because we know he'll try harder. And the guy has this like big shit eating grin on his face. He's like, yeah, fuck you. I got this sale. And <laughs> then what basically Jane does is exactly what he did with the ring, where he's like, he just keeps like reading. The sales rep, like how he's like trying to sell and these to figure out where the car is, because this sales rep is the one that <laughs> that killed the <laughs> the victim because because she was beat. Oh no! Well, I don't even know was she beating him in sales. I know that he, no, she caught no, him. No, it's because she found out. Yeah, yeah, that he was poisoning the top guy's beef and barley soup, yeah. and, and told it, and then told him he needs to He's like, come clean or she'll tell on him. I can't, I can't risk losing my fucking gold watch commission. I need to, I need to take this lady out. This I'm lady gonna kill, to I'm gonna kill Lizelle so that I can keep <laughs> keep poisoning soup. <laughs> I would have killed them all. <laughs> but wait, if he killed all of them and he was both the top and worst salesman, 
get him. What, does he get, get him the fuck get the, out of there? Does he get, get the watch can, and get fired? But he can change the rules at that point, dude. If he kills the manager, too. That's who he kills the manager. He becomes the man, Mr. Manager. Exactly. That's uh, Mr. Manager. It's just manager. <laughs> you just say man. But you just said. But as they're as they're like looking through it all, like Jane, like settles on this one card. He's like, "Oh, we should test drive this one." And the and the, the sales rep's like, "Ooh, no, nah, that one. I think the transmission's faulty on that one. Let's try a different one." And Jane's like, Jane keep like basically insists on it. Um, or I think the sales rep's like, "This car is too gauche for you." And, he, and Jane's like, "You see his last car, man." Uh, the, the, the rich dude's, like, having a blast with all of this. He's, he's fucking yucking it up. Um, and this is where Jade ultimately accuses him being, like, you, like, this is the car you used to, like, run over the victim. And the sales rep's like, that's the most, that's the most ridiculous, and he just books <laughs> which, which probably was the funniest part of the episode for me. <laughs> It was good. I just anytime a victim just tries or a dude just tries to run, I can I just laugh. Cho chose on top of it though, because he fucking he's ready, dude. He's not letting another prison out of his sight. Cause he fucking pile drives this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um He takes him down, and this is when uh Oh, the rich guy's all excited about it. he's like, This is the only way I can feel alive now is Yeah <laughs> is working alongside Jade and catching murderers. Um, he, he does say some ominous shit because Jane's like, how are you going to top that? And the guy's like, well, maybe next time I'll be the killer. <laughs> <laughs> Which it would be so good if he does come back in a future episode as either the killer, but probably more likely as the person who got killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he, then he staged the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be... I That'd be great if, if he comes back as a person stages his own death and he reveals, I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we see oh. we see the murder flashback, which is much like we just said, just very silly, where the guy's like, <laughs> does he have, like, an eye drop thing? Like, <laughs> I want to yeah. say, he's, like, he'd, he's over here with an eye drop fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> Into the beef barley soup. And it's the, just like a gold, like it looks like like a <laughs> shitty laboratory yeah. eye dropper. And I like and that like he's using something. Yeah, he's using something that like clearly isn't gonna, isn't killing him. It just causes him like minor bowel discomfort. <laughs> it's a dog eat dog world out here. But there's it's, this shocked face of the victim being like, "I can't believe you've done this." <laughs> The guy, the guy knew that this other guy was lactose intolerant. He's like sprinkling in a little Parmesan cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Take that! <laughs> Putting a single crouton in when they've got a uh, gluten intolerance. But this person, she was, she was going to reveal the plot, dude. So he's like, I have to take care of her. And then there's this fucking. To be fair, he might die of embarrassment if someone found out that he was like. But there's this demented scene afterwards where he's like hiding out in a car and she like <laughs> she's walking to the business and he's like, This is my time and he fucking runs her over. I and feel then, like he puts the headlights on first and then Yeah. yeah. Because it's like you wanna let him know that you're coming. <laughs> but then hits her and then just parks the car back in the lot. <laughs> it was just like Wait, fuck, man. Yeah, they then he ran out of time and just dumped it into like a Bentley <laughs> that was upstairs. <laughs> oh, oh god, that's uh, uh, 
that's basically I think there's like one more scene at the end, right? See, so here's the thing, right? You guys are 1 million percent wrong still about the fact that I'm going to keep bringing it up about the fact that Jade and Lisbon are going to get together like romantically. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I've given up. I just don't want it to happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Anyway, I, I think the show is it, when things are too obvious, they don't go that way. So <laughs> I don't know, Van, Van Pigsby. That's pretty fucking obvious. But we all knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> Anyways, which, there's, which there's we have to thing. resolve that too, though. That's what I was gonna. Oh, we do have to resolve Van Pigsby. Um, but so, anyways, they um, Jane is like, or Jane calls Lisbon. And she's like, where do you want me to meet me? And she's standing outside and Jane pulls up in a dope Mercedes. And he's like, ah, I got this lent. I got this lent to me by Washburn or Mashburn, whatever his name is. And he's like, all right, we're going to go out to dinner and brings her to like a fancy, fancy place. And that's, <laughs> that's that. I think as it's cutting out, you hear her be like, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but right right before that scene, we have Lisbon pull aside uh, Van Pelt and Rigsby, and she's like, all right, listen, like, you didn't tell me anything. I don't, I didn't hear you guys breaking any rules. Like, you guys just keep it in and we're fine. And Van Pelt's like, yep, 100%, I'm in. And Rigsby's like, okay. <laughs> and Lisbon's like, the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. Because they might not be lovers anymore. <laughs> they're, they're in a strange relationship right now. Very strange. <laughs> ah, yeah, so that's episode 13. Uh, so then episode, episode 14 is the Cho episode, the Cho-centric one. Blood in, blood out. Uh, don't, so the... I, I want to say like just in big picture terms, because it's going to be hard to describe this in the podcast itself. Um, I think, um, Tim Kang did a fucking, he did a really good job in this episode having, as, as in playing Kimball Cho, it's difficult because like we, we always kind of, one of the things we like about Cho is as, um, as we're watching this show, I think I speak for all of us in that like he plays a very, he plays an excellent like straight, um, or like stoic character, you know, like very deadpan, um, doesn't have too many lines, but like when he does have a line, it's like he delivers it in this like monotone way that still has a lot of character to it. Yep. Uh, and this this whole episode kind of puts a lot of that to the test, where we do see his initial stoic demeanor, and it gets tested early on. It gets tested early early on, and then as the the episode progresses, it like he slowly kind of turns into like a much more emotional. I'm like downright angry, like a little scary kind of character. Um, you know, you know what this episode gave me like super, super reminiscent vibes of what Denzel Washington in Training Day. Oh, okay, okay. I was so for me, it was John Wick is what I had. Yeah, I think no. I think that's reasonable too. It like I think the Training Day one for me just because it's a cop and it's like a really nice parallel to draw with the fact that like. Some of the stuff that he does, he is clearly just in his gang mentality. Like no. he's he's not operate he's not even close to operating within the law. And every everything else that we've seen from Kimball Cho up to this point is like, I follow the rules aside from the like little bends that Jane makes, and he recognizes that they're little bends. Like he knows that he's fucking about, 
But this is like always the guy who's like, I'm in. (laughs) No, no, he's he's in, but he's not in for like. This this is a situation where he's it's personal. He's breaking the rules because it's personal. It's a very different, which makes it scarier. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I thought I liked this episode a lot. Yeah, I I thought it. it, Yeah, I think. I I, yeah, I think I liked a lot too. Primarily because of how much I like Cho as a character. So like, um. It, it was weird because it. I, I I guess what I essentially want to get across is that like this felt very uncho like as it continued, but I think that's what made it so unsettling at times. Um, yeah, it's the Cho and Jane episode we've all been wanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it was essentially sand- sandwiched between like two very sad things, basically. Um, how do who wants to start off this one? Scott. How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, so the start of this episode is pretty innocuous. It's actually Jane flipping a coin. Um, to Rigsby's amazement, he flips it 20 times in a row, and they're all heads. <laughs> and this this is a continuing storyline throughout this entire episode, which is a little weird, and I guess maybe just some like comic relief during a what is a pretty serious episode otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, as they go back from the break room where the coin flipping happened, um, uh, we get uh, Cho gets a phone call. Or there's, I'm uh, sorry, Cho's girlfriend is waiting at his desk. Cho is not there. Uh, and she, her name is... Shit. I don't even remember her name. Is Give this the first time we see her? This yeah. is the first time we've seen her. What is her name? I'm going to assume, based on the cast, it's not flirting cocaine woman. <laughs> no, nope, that's not her. Uh, Elise? Man, yes. I'm terrible with names. Uh, Elise, Elise Chain is her name in the show. Okay. Played by San, Sandrine Holt. Huh. Um. Yeah, so Elise uh, is waiting at his desk, and she's basically like doing the awkward, like, the person I know is not here, but... Everyone else is here, and they're like, how's it going? Like, I've heard a lot about you. I've heard a lot about you. All good things, I hope. That kind of spiel. Um, and then Cho, <laughs> Cho comes in, and he's looking serious as always, and they, they talk for a second, and she's basically like, he's like, I got to wrap some stuff up, and she's like, I'll wait for you at the elevator. And before he goes to leave, uh, he gets a phone call. And he gets very serious on the phone, and it, it turns out I think we hear the other side of the call basically, yep. and it's um, it's the detective investigating a murder, uh, and he's like, so why are you calling me? And she's like, well, this your number is is in like the most recent calls like three times, and he she's he asks like the description for the person who died, and it's pretty obvious that he knows exactly who it is. Um, and so he's basically like, I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll be there after some fighting, uh, he'll go check it out. And then we get, I think as he's getting ready to leave, Jane is basically like, you're going to, you're, you know, you're going to leave your, your lady friend waiting. Like, it must be pretty serious. And he's like, it's just something I have to go t- take care of. And he's like, oh, I'll come with. And then Joe's like, absolutely not. And then the next cutaway scene we get <laughs> is Joe driving in the car with Jane in the passenger seat. <laughs> it's, um... Which happens at least two to three times in this episode. Yeah, well, like, we, because we do see Jade kind of, like, eavesdropping in. And, like, yeah. he can tell, like, something's up. 
uh, with yeah. Joe, and he's and somewhere between probably being a little too involved slash trying to be a good friend. Uh, Jade kind of butts his butts his head in a little bit too often with this. Well, but you know, yeah. prob- probably ultimately for 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 good. Well, maybe yeah, that, maybe for good. Yeah, I, that's how I read basically Jade's whole interaction in this episode was that <laughs> he he knew it was like something real bad was happening, I w- and that I would Joe say needed probably needed good intentions. Yeah. But also, I feel like Chope kind of derails a lot <laughs> in this episode, so maybe not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's in between. He has some demons he has to work out. But yeah, so the they they come across the crime scene. Um, again, like 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 I was saying before, like Cho has not really like. Um, we can tell he was a little unsettled, like you said, Scott, that he did, he did recognize, you know, uh, who this person was talking about. And, you know, he goes over there, she reveals the face, and he's like, yep, okay, it's th- this is X person, um, I forget the name, but it's like, this is a person who used to run with the, uh, my old gang, which all, has some ridiculous name, what's the gang's name? The, the Avon Park Playboys, and he, the, <laughs> yeah. the victim's name is David Sung. Yes, so he says all this, he's like, the, uh, this person, his, like, next of kin is a grandmother, like, is his grandmother. He's like, this is her name. I don't want to say he might even give her address, but basically gives all this information. Um, and I think the, the police officer like on the scene is like, so like, uh, this person called you like three times. Like, what's that about? And, um, Kimball Cho, like as stoic as ever, like pretty like matter of factly says like, um, I did like I like I didn't answer him or something. He's, he's like she left messages saying he's in danger. Um, I did not call him back. <laughs> like like really kind of like harsh. Like it it's like kind of painful to hear because you could you know it's it's like you know where this is all leading, right? It's gonna eat him alive, and like clearly there is a connection there. But like again, Cho is not outwardly very much pl- like playing this as stoic as possible. Um. The, and he like says it matter factly enough that the, the Oakland PD lady is like, "All right, yeah, no, you've you've helped you've helped a lot. Like you you can you can go. Like you don't have to stay here." Um, and so there, so it's like him and uh, Jane walking back, and Jane's like, um, Jane kind of like pokes and prods a little more, being like, "Hey, so like he called you, huh?" Or, or what does he say? He's like, um. He's ba- he was basically like, what's the deal? Like, what's going on with this? And and Cho's like, you heard what we said. He's like, yeah, but he like asked you for help, like your friends. Like, what what's the deal? Uh, and Cho's oh. like, he we basically used he was basically my brother. Like, we were best friends. He was essentially my brother. Used to be and best then, friends. He was like my brother. He said, yeah. I haven't talked to him in thirteen years and didn't respond yeah. to his phone calls. Right. Um, and then hits the credits. <laughs> Uh, got, you know, like, brutal. We get, uh, what's the next day is, you know, Cho walking into the CBI office next day. Rigsby's over there trying to figure out what the deal is with this fucking, this quarter. He's like, I, I just can't figure it out. And, like, this is, this is a conundrum. Uh, <laughs> Cho's like, you gotta get laid, my, my friend. <laughs> uh, but who is, who is there but the victim's grandmother who takes Cho aside and he's like, 
she does she does the like thing of being like, hey, like you you need to find out like who killed uh, my grandson, you know. Uh, and Cho is doesn't want anything to do with this. Cho is very much like, um, listen, the Oakland PD will take care of this. Like this is the, you're he's in good hands. Like I can't I can't help this. Uh, the grandmother's like, nope, they're just gonna say it's a like it's a gang murder. Um, and that's, he told me like very much like he wasn't in the gang anymore. Um, I forget. Oh, so sorry. There's two other things we, we find out. I don't think we mentioned it is one. Um, at the crime scene, there is a, uh, like a piece of paper that they found with like a whole bunch of letters and numbers, like a list of letters and numbers that, uh, I don't, I don't know. Does Jane just take it right then? Like, why does yep. he have it? Does he, he apparently okay. he takes it? He they give it to him at the crime scene, and then I assume he just pockets <laughs> yeah, it and never gives like, it oh back. God, I didn't actually realize that until now. This is this is mine. <laughs> uh, we also I I forget, but I think at this point we know that like you know Cho was out of that scene for a while, but he basically says that this his friend here was like. Basically, still in the in the scene, he's still a gangbanger, is what Cho says. Um, but the grandmother's like, no, no, like, or like he or this guy like went to I think jail for like fifteen he, he, years or something. Yeah. He was in jail for like twelve years, and he's talking to when he was talking to his grand the victim's grandmother. <clears throat> he was like, realistically, he probably got killed by the gang. He probably as soon as he got out, got back into the gang, and she she's like, no, he wasn't in the gang. You haven't talked to him in twelve years. He was not in the gang. Like, don't, don't try to put that on my grandson. Well, um, like she says it, and, but like his response is actually kind of scathing. Where he's like, "Listen, I was there the whole time. Like, he, like I've seen him firsthand lie to you all the time about this stuff, and it's like, like he, he's kind of like, I just, I'm, I'm not getting involved. It's the Oakland PD that'll take care of it. If, like, if, 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 if you want to ask me, like, what." I think happened. It's like, yeah, he got killed by another gang member. I think he's still wrapped up in the gang stuff. Um, the grandmother is way too nice for her own good. <laughs> Cause you know, she's very kind and, you know, just like asks, you know, like really hopes that he would help with the case. Um, and I think Cho walks back to the desk and the, the rest of the CBI team minus Lisbon, who's not there is like, Hey man, like, Whatever you need, like if you need to take some time off, if you need to like look into this, like I, we can help here. Like and like, Ch- Cho's like, no, nah, no, nah, like I'm good. Um, and that this is where Jane's more like, you do like you do know what's gonna happen if we leave it to the Oakland PD. Um, and Ch- Cho is like, yeah, no, they'll probably just like they won't care. Like they'll just put chalk it up to another gang murder, and they will basically put it under like. Uh, what's what's the fair phrase I'm looking for here? They'll just fucking just chuck it up as a loss, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And Jade kind of is like, is that like what you like? Is that how you want this whole thing to like settle out, or do you want to like find out if he was still in the gang? Um, and he, he eventually he essentially convinces Cho to do like you know go investigate further, and of course he tags along. Uh, what's the next scene? They, Jane and Cho go to talk to the gang. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, Sunny in Philadelphia episode. Yeah. <laughs> the gang's all here. <laughs> we get, yeah, so they go back to where Cho grew up 
uh, the neighborhood, and we get like a couple like tidbits or shows like stole my first car there when I was fourteen and crashed it over here. Uh, and then they go into a pawn shop, and I love the wiki description. Uh, he goes to a pawn shop where a fat man is eating, and a skinnier Asian man is at the counter. <laughs> so uh, they they talk to the fat guy, who is one of the leaders of the gang. Uh, and Cho knew this guy when they were growing up. Um, and he basically asks, um, like, was because all he wants to know in this is like, was he back in the gang? And so they're like, I can't believe you're here. Like, we don't talk to cops. And he's like, just tell me whether or not he was still in the gang. <laughs> hey, um, Iceman, tell me what's going on. Yeah. 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 We <laughs> learned that his nickname was Iceman, which Jane loves and ridicules. He immediately um, shakes his head when he hears Iceman. Yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> Does that make him goose? <laughs> um, uh, and basically, the guy tells him that, like, you know, David left the gang months ago. He got a regular job. Uh, but he did contact another gang member named KS a few days ago to do talk something about a deal. And the guy's like, it pissed us off a lot because like he's like, you're in or you're out. Like, there's no like halfway. Like, if he's doing some kind of deal, like the gang needs to be involved. Like, he can't just like use one of our like suppliers to to like skirt around it. Um. And I think the like as as they're leaving, Jane says something to the effect of like, you should really consider changing careers like this aggressive overeating is due to like your anxiety with your current like situation or something. And the guy's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get the fuck out of here. He he also asks him, he pulls out the list of random like date number things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, big fat guy, this thing mean any of you? The guy looks, he's like, nope. you, You sure? He's like, yep. No idea what those numbers are. It's the same. What's the what was the name of the guy where he's like, have you heard of uh, the episode where it ended up being like the name of the guy for the house and Season he wanted two, people to one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I forget he, the name, so he, the dude's name, but yeah, but it's like he'll ask every single character we interact with if they know what it is. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, after that, what the hell happens after that? I think that they go to Cedar Creek Equities. Yeah, the the the, the place of employment. Because I think Rigsby calls in and he's like, "Hey, this is where you work." Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they go there, and there's some. There's a. Uh, <clears throat> they're talking to. Um, the murderer. Like a, murderer. Yeah, they're, t- they're talking to the murderer, who is like the owner or manager of like a janitorial cleaning company that is working at this big Cedar Creek equities firm. Some middle manager dude, uh, comes out of the, of the building while they're talking to him. And he's a total dickhead to this janitor guy's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? They're not even like cleaning up in there. This is bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so, they, uh, the, the guy's like, I don't know why I took this job. He's like, I thought it'd be great being my own boss, but I have like a million different bosses. He like lets him know, like, yeah, I do hire ex cons because ex cons need additional chances. Like they're loyal. Like we don't, we don't Less lose turnover. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we keep all that. Um, and, uh, as the guy comes down, like the boss guy or like the middle, the guy comes down, 
Um, Jane's like, middle management, <laughs> which I thought was hysterical. Uh-huh. And the guy's like, excuse me? He goes, hmm, well, you catch more flies with honey. Uh, you suck. Obviously, that's why you're in middle management. And the guy's like, this is the worst. So he leaves. <laughs> and that's that's sort of the end of that scene. You don't really get, I mean, other than now you know that he was hired by this dude. Um, that's really kind of all you get from this scene, I think. The only right? other thing I, th- I think is that Jane asks the dude what these numbers are. And the guy denies knowing what the numbers are. Oh, Which, that's right. But he knows what the but numbers are. But he does. Are. That was a lie. He did know what the numbers were. Yeah, it was all a lie. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. yeah. Then they go back to the CBI, right? Yep. And I think Lisbon's there, and she's pissed. He's like, the fuck you guys doing? Like, going rogue and shit. Like, um, she, she essentially is like, listen, like, you just, like, leave it to the Oakland PD. Like, we're not getting our hands in it. Like, he was a gangbanger. Gangbangers get shot. Like, this is, that's... Open and close shut, like open and shut case. Um, I don't think she, or I don't know if at this point she knew that like there was a connection with Cho and this. Because I feel like she probably, well, maybe. I. What, what do you guys think? If do you think she would still have taken this kind of hard line approach if she knew that there was like a personal involvement with Cho? Yes, I assume she. Like I assume she knew, but and sh- I assume she would let them do an investigation. But she wants to be in control, like to know what's going on. I think yeah. she's mostly upset that she's not being like. So, so then you're saying that she didn't know that they that this was happening. That like no, that I think she knows from because Rigsby and Van Pelt know, and if Van Pelt knows, then. <laughs> Lisbon knows, but the, but she seems she's like pretty clear about not wanting the CBI to follow the case, right? Well, I yeah. think she just if but if Cho asked her, she would she would take over the case. Cho would never ask her. Cho, yeah, Cho would never right. ask about like he would never do that, even if he no. But to, right? if he did, she would. No. Um. Okay. All right. Uh. So. Uh, so the, it's pretty like I said. She she's pretty like has a f- kind of finality to it and. Basically, everyone kind of accepts it. Cho goes back to his desk, and the day continues as normal at this point. They're not following up. Uh, we do, I think, I believe the next scene is back at Cho's home. It's like him and his girlfriend, and you know, she's trying to get him to open up a little bit. And she's like, "You're you're talking even less than you normally do," which in my head is like Cho probably says like five words a night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, He's down to two words. Yeah. Um, you know, and she, she's trying to, you know, pull some more stuff from him. But again, he's not quite, he's not ready to kind of open up about this stuff. But she's, she's this, this whole like little tiny scene before the like mayhem happens. She's like a very, very good partner. Like she's what you say, want it's like in nice a partner. See, yeah. Like one wholesome relationship. <laughs> yeah, because because like what what she like she really just picks Cho apart. She's like you like something's bothering you, and he's like yeah no nothing's bothering me. And she goes so that really means that something's really bothering you, but you don't want to talk about it. And he's like you're right. And she goes all right then we won't talk. And like no. that's that's something that I think a lot of people just miss. It's like oh well something's bothering my my spouse my partner my friend. Let's talk talk talk. 
Sometimes they just need a minute to be like, I got to fucking process this myself, <laughs> which is which is really cool to see in a TV show. Take that stance. I'm I'm happy to see that chose the, the most level headed person. <laughs> yeah, uh, that 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 seems to track. But the the nice scene does not last, unfortunately, because they get they don't get rewarded for their healthy relationship. No, no. They someone breaks through the door. They have guns drawn on them. Um, they wrestle, choke onto the floor, and then they beat, the, essentially beat the shit out of his girlfriend, which is harsh. Yep. Um, yeah. Yep. And that then it cuts to commercial. Um, the what we get kind of coming out of the commercial is we see um the his, Cho's girlfriend in on a stretcher, you know, getting put into an ambulance. Cho's. Um, walking with her, basically, you know, she's awake. She seems like she's, well, she's definitely in pain. I think she says something along the lines of, like, it hurts to talk, but, you know, she, I think she, they're, like, they, they kind of check in with each other, and she's like, are you, like, are you going to come to the hospital? And he's like, I got to do something first. Um, uh, that's where, for me, it had, like, the very much, like, the John Wick vibe. Yes. Yeah. If this is a John Wick movie, this is post-puppy being killed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and we say John Wick, but essentially it's just like that generic revenge. Like this becomes a generic yeah. revenge tale, right? At this point, um, where there's a nice scene to kind of contrast the earlier scene with with uh, Teresa Lisbon, where you know, I, I I don't know if she knew or not in the scene before, but um, she very clearly, you know, when she kind of nixed their involvement in this case, the scene before, she very clearly now is like walks over to Cho and she, she's like I've we're taking over this case like I've talked to Oakland PD like like they may still help out here and there but like they're like everything's gonna go through us at this point like you know the, this is like this is uh like a fast and furious like when you mess with family like we're, yeah. <laughs> like we're fucking pulling all the stops now uh but Cho's already in like I said full of revenge mode because he hears what Lisbon's saying Lisbon's trying to kind of do the grunt work now but Cho kind of just walks off and walks into his car um, with the intent to now find out where KS is because he needs to ask some questions himself. And Jane, always the person who's one step ahead, is already in Joe's car. <laughs> and he's like, all right, where are we going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what happens? What happens after? Uh, so this is when they're going to see KS no they're they go back to the pawn shop so there's like a little conversation where um earlier when the uh fat guy was like KS is still John, mad at John. you yeah, John John you find out that KS is still mad because Cho shot him mm-hmm. <laughs> um All right. and Jane's like so why'd you shoot him like you can't like you're in a gang you're probably not supposed to shoot other gang members <laughs> um and this this kind of shows why like Cho probably should have never been in the gang. So what one KS wanted to do like a home invasion where you just basically break into someone's house, hold them hostage at gunpoint, take all their money. And Cho was like, I'm not going to do that. And then KS wanted him. They argued. KS pulled his gun and Cho pulled his gun faster and shot him in the shoulder. Uh, And then he left. Like that was like the day that Cho left the gang um, and he gave his gun to David Sung, the victim. Um, and that guy got, he stole a car. They pulled him over, found the gun. He went to jail. 
and uh, Cho joined the army. He just needed to like run away. So he, he joined the army and ran away. Um, and then they're at the pawn shop and, and like, it's a little like the, uh, well, the sorry, real quick. Uh, but I think he also mentions like he left, a, he left a gun with his friend, but I think he pretty soon got into a, like a grand theft auto or something and then got busted yeah. both with, with the, the gun car and with the gun. And I like, not, I thought I said that. Oh, you did. Okay, sorry. Then I must have just straight missed it. But I think yeah. I, essentially, like I think him saying the silent part out loud is like like he feels responsible in part yeah. for having his friend like like him potting the gun off. Whether you know it's probably more him stealing the car, right? But yeah. in some way, I think he feels responsible for putting his friend in jail, and I think. He feels like him getting away. Like it's it's a weird situation because it's like him trying to get away from the whole situation, but also like him kind of leaving his friend to dry, right? Because at this point he's he, he does. This is the start of him not talking to his friend again, you know? Yeah, which yeah. is on show for better or for worse. Yeah. Um. But so then after after they deal with that, uh, they go. Excuse me. Back to the pawn shop, and John John's gone. And the guy behind the counter is still there. Uh, and the dude's like, if you're looking for John John, like, if you want to talk, go talk to him. And Cho's like, don't need John John. Where's KS? And the guy's like, what do you what do you mean, where's KS? And he's like, yeah, pretty easy question. Jane's like, pretty easy question. And the dude's like, I don't talk to cops. Fuck you. You're a pig. Blah, 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 blah. And Cho's like, not a cop. No badge. He, like, pulls his shirt open. He's like, now, where is he? I want to find him. And the, he's like, if you don't tell me, I'm going to break your arm. And the guy's like, yeah, piss off. And Cho sprints at this dude and slams him up against the counter and has his arm bent backwards. Like, I am going to break your arm. Where is KS? Like, don't, don't fuck with me. And Jane, like, Cho snaps from like, re- like, I'm doing things outside of the law to I am really doing things outside of the law. And Jane's like, Oh shit! Yeah, he's here to hurt where, people at this point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, like at this at this moment, I think this is the first time in a long time where you see Jane. Like at least for me, Jane seemed genuinely flummoxed at this. Like he didn't realize what he was actually getting into, mm-hmm. and I think it sort of actually spooked him a bit. I don't know what you guys think about that. I think I think Jane is very used to being a person who controls the situation. And I think whether he <laughs> correctly decides to step back here or is afraid to, or like afraid of the situation, he like very much t- takes second fiddle to, he, he follows Cho, uh, Cho's step, every step of the way for this whole, this whole part of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think, if anyone understands vengeance in The Mentalist, it's Jane. So, like, I think he's literally just playing the support role to Cho. No. And Cho, he, Cho could do whatever he wants, I think, and Jane would support him. I think he understands vengeance, but I think the, like, snap from Cho being like, I'm a police officer and I'm kind of kind of working on fuzzy gray areas a lot of the times <laughs> with you, to I'm going to break a gang member's arm to get the information I want. I think that... That's jarring. Right, I, that's gonna be. A- I think any any might correctly realize this. I think. Ah, uh, like I think Jane realizes there's a benefit to for him to even still 
just just by him being there probably is enough of a connection for Cho to realize what he has now with the CBI. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't because there's a couple full. times where he's yeah yeah yeah. He, yeah. he so like yeah because I think without Jane being there, Cho might go full like into his old self yeah. of like I think he yeah. Um and and I think for what what Jane is essentially trying to get there is have Cho get what he needs and you know cr- cross the line as he sees fit, but not cross the line to a point where he can't go back to the job that he's. Yeah, been a part yeah, of. I agree with the, that. For a long time. No. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's that whole scene, and then you get like a quick scene at CBI where Lisbon's like, "Have you heard from either of those two guys?" And <laughs> I, like, I can't get them on their phone. They're not returning any of my messages. And Rigsby's like, "I don't know. I haven't heard from them." Van Pelt doesn't know. Um. But Van Pelt finds out a bunch. She she went over the list of the people that was working with David on the night that he was killed. Um, and they, they go back to Cedar Creek equities, Van Pelt and Rigsby go back to Cedar Creek equities. Oh yeah. So that's the next thing. What happens there, Scott? Uh, that's a pretty short scene, but they basically, we run back into they end up looking for the middle manager guy we ran into before. That's a total knob. Uh, and they go to his office and meet with their, that hit the guy's secretary who's like straight out of like 19 like <laughs> 80s i guess Eight, 82 83 yeah. it feels like yeah um Sniffing just in the way lot. she's dressed yeah she's stiffing a lot and they ask her about it and she's like oh stupid allergies mm-hmm. but like clearly this lady's like if there was a poster for like cokeheads <laughs> like she's on that poster there's a yeah. there's a uh, i think uh, Van Pelt and Rigsby like exchange a look. Yeah, like, definitely. She's a look. like, yeah. I got allergies. Like, okay, yeah. buddy. All right. Sure, yeah. Buddy. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then so like they go through this like rigmarole where they're like, is the boss here? And she's like, oh, he's not here. And it's like, well, where is he? It's like, oh, he's somewhere in the building. It's like, well, could you call him? And she's like, I could call. Him. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so eventually we get them meeting with the the douchebag boss guy we ran into earlier. Who, again, is like, you know, I don't know the guys that clean this place because I'm a douche. and But, like, Crystal can, like, help get them. And while, after you show them where they are, like, get me a cup of coffee. It's, like, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we Basically. get, like, I think it's more of just, like, a... It's a setup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to say... I Not a setup, but a setup. I, I, this episode, I think, did a but really good job. also a setup. Also a setup. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I, even the last episode did a good job of this, but I feel like this episode did a really good job of. I really didn't know who the actual murderer was because I think yeah it it. I think the uh, to speak for this episode, I think it did a g- genuinely good job of making it feel like it could have been the janitor or it could have been ah uh, this this sleazy middle manager guy the boss. It could have ended yep. up actually being a gang. Could have been the gang. Yeah, I don't think I would ever think it was the gang thing, but I but definitely too obvious. Like, yeah, well, like, I think just from the from the get go of um, like when when Ch- there being a lot of gangs, <laughs> well, when, the fact that it was like chose when Ch- the second show said this was my best friend, like obviously the episode is gonna go to like oh he's gonna get blamed for being in the gang, but he was obviously never part of the gang whatsoever, you know, like and it was like because it's but like kind of was. Tug- it's gonna tug at the heartstrings like the whole time. Like I was like, this is I know what this episode's trying to do. Um, 
I, yeah, I feel like the end of this episode. Well, I guess we'll talk about it later. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, so while this whole thing's happening, we get um. Uh, I think Cho finds out, or Cho and Jane find out where the location of KS is, and this is when Cho fucking goes solo, <laughs> leaves Jane in the car. And Jane kind of like. He's like, all right, I ain't moving. I'm gonna just like recline back into this seat, and um, Joe's <laughs> just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking bust into this home with my gun, gun drawn, <laughs> and I like this could have gone south in so many different ways, <laughs> but Joe uh, does get the drop on him and gets KS to. Uh, Gets a drop on KS, pulls him aside, and he's like, I need to talk to you, like, or I'm going to fucking start shooting. I'm going to start blasting motherfuckers if you don't start listening to me. Um, so he gets KS in, into a room, like, just him and uh, him and KS in a room, and he's like, hey, what, like, spill, spill the beans. Like, what what happened here? Like, uh, like, did you, like, did you attack my girlfriend? Like, like, a lot of his anger does, like, he, he will bring up, like, the fact that, like, he got attacked in his own home. His girlfriend got attacked. Like, um, and like what happened here? Like, and KS is, uh, if not right immediately, but he's essentially like, no, like we didn't have anything to do with that part of it. Like what, what ultimately, um, what happened was that the, uh, victim did reach out to him asking him for like $5,000 worth of cocaine. Um, and he basically was like, I tried to get his friend to cut him into the profits. Cause he's like, that's not $5,000 is too much for one person. Like he definitely is trying to sell to someone else. And like, he wanted to get a piece of that pie basically. Um, like as, as, uh, chose getting this information, like I should mention like to pretty much all these people, but to KS as well. He's, like, punching and kicking the shit out of KS this whole time. Like, this is not a... Um, Serious business. Yeah, and, it's, and, like, KS is giving him information, and he's still, like, like I said, this is not this is not a show that is, is, is a good person by any means right now. This is Iceman. Yeah. This, yeah, um, he's, he's playing the part of Iceman right now. Also, before we go any further, right, so Cho says that you came to my house and beat up my girlfriend, right? A couple episodes ago, there was uh, it was the high school reunion episode. So our last podcast, or two episodes, I think, ago from this one, we talked about how that the ladies, like Jana Vickers and Selby, they had like kind of a lame apartment. And you guys are both like, "What's Cho's apartment look like? Probably garbage." He had a very nice home. It was a very nice home. Like he had a very put together home. It was a very good looking. Like if I lived in that house, I'd be very happy with it. <laughs> I would be happy in either. They're both very nice. <laughs> um, I, th- I yeah, yeah. He's very, very nice. They had a very nice little family home he had going there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think at at some point, you know, Cho gets enough information, but then he's like, "All right, I'm taking you in. Like we we need to get some more like." We really need to, like, go get through the rigor here. Uh, but he makes the one mistake of they... He opens up the door to take him outside, but uh, the rest of the gang has has taken Jade, because Jade is like, I... Whoops. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I really messed this up. <laughs> um, Oopsies. 
Yeah, and it's this like tense situation where it's like a pseudo Mexican standoff. Uh, and once again, we have it. It cuts to credits. It comes back, and Jade does his superpower, which is I'm just gonna hypnotize all these people. Because <laughs> essentially, that's what happens, right? I'm not crazy. Where he's just like everyone, it, calm down. I think he more mesmerizes them than hypnotizes yeah. them. But. It's, it's very much like what happened with the fucking uh, the eco terrorist guy, where he's just like. Yeah. Just listen, just listen it, to the sound of my voice. Down. Just everyone, just let's be cool. Yeah, but he he kind of gives like real world examples of why they shouldn't shoot each other. Like, <laughs> yeah. so he's like, you guys know what happens if you kill cops. Cho, you don't want to kill K. You don't want to shoot KS because you don't. Then you don't know if he's David got killed by a but. So like, he does the whole like everybody relax, but like giving real, real tangible things here. The uh, the I. I specifically know the soundtrack very much follows this, where it's like that the the start of this, it's like very much like it's a very fast beat. It's a very fast beat, and as Jade is talking, it like the beat gets slower and slower and slower, and then it's like a much more calming beat by the end of it. Um, and again, everyone kind of puts their guns down, and they're like, "All right, we're just gonna go now." And so like, Cho and Jane start to walk out the door, and then Jane's like, "Oh, hang on." And he like reaches into his pocket, which immediately escalates everyone back up to. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and Jane's like, "Whoa, hang on, relax, relax, relax." Yeah, shit, I'm just. Fuck. This is this is paper, and he like pulls out the same paper, and he asks everybody, "Hey, do you guys know what this is?" Um, they're like, "A, no, I don't know what this is." B, like, "You're a fucking freak. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> dude? Like, like they just want to be done with this situation." Um, and then. You know, they they leave, they walk out the door, and um what happens after? Uh they, they meet up with the uh, Rigsby at the restaurant. Oh right, right. And this is where um <laughs> we get the Occam's razor stuff. Um, yeah. which okay. Do you guys like so the whole cause cause this whole episode, Rigsby's trying to figure out how he did the twenty uh the 20 flips, the heads, or wow, I can't speak English. <laughs> the heads 20 flips tails. that lands on heads. He's like, how did you do it? There must be a thing. Um, and Jane, in like, explaining, he's like, oh, it's Occam's razor. Just think about it. And Occam's razor being, the like, oftentimes, the simplest solution is the correct answer. You don't have to, like, overcomplicate things. Um, and he says this and then explains how he flipped the... Uh, or how he did his 20 heads trick, which is he had a second coin, which is double-faced heads that he, like, would swap out every time. Which I feel like, do you think that qualifies as Occam's Razor? Like, <laughs> like I feel like that's elaborate enough that I wouldn't use, because like, like, Rigsby already thought he was cheating and stuff. Like, I, I don't think well, you I have mean, to, like... But I could kind of, you could kind of assume that the answer is, like, that he was cheating. Like, not necessarily what the solution was, but the fact that, like, it's so improbable that he had to be cheating. That's the obvious yeah, solution. But Rigsby already got to that point. So it's like weird for Jade to then be like, oh, dude, obviously, just think of, of Occam's Razor, that I had a whole second fucking coin that I was using. I feel, I, feel like he, I feel like he's maybe just trying to teach Rigsby to just stop being so gullible. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just, I feel like Rigsby understood when Occam's face for us. He'd be like, fuck you, Jane. Which he didn't, which I also found I mean, interesting. I mean, one of, the fir- one of the first lines in the episode is, it's a two-headed coin, right? <laughs> By Rigsby. So, like, he already yeah. solved it. He just didn't solve it with, like, it's a two-headed coin. Don't be an idiot. He solved it with a question. He no, didn't no. say it with... He didn't solve the fact that it's a second coin that is... The oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... It's, it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> it's very dumb. <laughs> uh, but that they they set up the first part of the Occam's Razor to, for the second part to be like, hey, li- like if this guy took $5,000 worth of Coke, uh, the, the, the tox... The tox report came back. He wasn't using any coke. Like, what's Occam's razor? Obviously, he was selling it to someone at his workplace. Um, so that's where it cuts cuts to the the secretary who is walking into the ladies' room to uh, <laughs> chase another bump. What's the what's the uh, <laughs> what's the line? What's the uh, the slog line where he's like, and I bumped again. And I oh bumped yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> Definitely playing uh, that song if they could afford Third Eye Blind. It is Is Third Third Eye Blind. Yeah, Jumper. Um, I think it might be Jumper. (laughs) That's about. That's about meth, though. Oh sure, okay. All all the close enough. All the hits. Um, Van Pelt like kind of peers over and she kind of like waves. (laughs) This is that's a funny. It's like what you doing in there, Chris, buddy. Uh, and th- so they take which is in. much better than her going the other way, which would be underneath the door. That's true. That, but much then you're in a very compromising position. That's not. Yeah. Um, what happens with the interrogation? Uh, it's one of those ones where like they basically just spill the beans immediately. So like, I think they ask her if she got the drugs from from David Sung first, and she's like, yes. I did get the drugs from David Tong, and Lisbon's like, "All right, you didn't, because no one easy. just kind of like yeah, just, <laughs> Occam's razor does yeah. not apply. <laughs> yeah, not here. This is this is Hanlon's razor. We gotta complicate this, baby. Um, and so basically, she says like, "Well, I can't say anything, or like he'll hurt me again." And then they get like the like you're in literally in police custody if you tell us who it is. Like they can't hurt you. Uh, and so she basically says that her boss. David? Yeah, David Reed. David Reed is a, is an even bigger dick than we thought because he essentially both sexually assaults her and regular assaults her. And Black found David Sung uh, stealing from the workplace and instead of turning him in, blackmailed him into buying the drugs for him. Um, and so that's how he got like wrapped up in this. Um and so with that information, they basically go back to uh, Cedar Creek Equities to to capture David, who at it's, this point I was pretty sure was the uh, or, or sorry. No. His name's Adam, not David. Adam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And David's the victim. Yeah. To, to capture Adam, uh, who at this point I was like pretty sure was the killer. But there's we, we find out one more important thing from her, which is after all of this. Oh, she knows. Yeah, she knows what the. The, the phrases on the piece of paper were that they're passwords, or we don't get that they're passwords. Just that she knows what they are. She, she essentially were, when when Jane kind of like is like, what are the like? Do you know? Can you recognize this? She's like, how did you get these? She like gasps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's like it ends up being more important 
in hindsight, because so what ultimately happens is this is when they figure out who it actually is being the janitor. But then this is how uh, so Jane, Cho and Rigsby concoct the plan with and the plan being that they're going to set up the boss and fake kill him <laughs> to then convict like to get the janitor to essentially confess right we're not it's there not yet. a good plan but like that is like it's a plan i have they this is what they come up with before they get to the place i would have to imagine because they're not going to ad-lib that i don't think no um so uh yeah so they end up going to an after hours visit to the to the workplace where they find the middle manager um bumping again with some, with some other with some other uh I don't, I don't know co-worker maybe or person who works there um the the wiki cites her as flirting cocaine woman there That's we go yeah, yeah. I saw that but she does not stay along long because they're like, you you got to go. And he, and the second she leaves, he's like trying to put all the blame on, on her. She's like, it was all her cocaine, man. I <laughs> I don't even do cocaine. <laughs> I don't know what a line is, officer. Um, <laughs> Cho, Cho is, again, on a sort of a rampage because he starts beating the shit out of this person. Um, yeah. To be fair, he is a bad guy. So he is a bad guy, but like yeah, he, he's beating the shit out of him, trying to be like, "Hey, like so, like you attacked my girlfriend, you attacked me at my home, like you, um, you you convinced my friend to sell you coke and you killed him." And the guy's basically like, um, or uh, he also says like, "You you blackmailed my friend into." Uh, selling you uh, drugs because you saw him like catch his laptop, and the guy like basically as he's getting beaten up is like, yeah, no, you, like I admit it, I did blackmail um, the victim, but like the the rest of the stuff is like I did, I don't know any of this, I didn't do any of that stuff, like I did, I just, I just blackmailed. I'm just him. here, I'm just here for the coke and sexual assault. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm doing my my standard other horrible things. But uh, Cho has none of it. Cho uh, basically grabs him and he's like, we're finishing this. And he takes him outside. And as he takes him aside, he locks in Rigsby and Cho inside in, in back inside indoors. Um, as all this like fucking assault is going on, we, we see cuts of the janitor kind of like peering over <laughs> and being like, this is this is a situation going on here. <laughs> like, this ain't good. Um, he kind of like walks over eventually cause, cause Cho and, or sorry, Rigsby and Jane are like banging on the door. I'll be like, help, help, help. Um, he lets them out and they're like, we have, and they run after, uh, Cho. Um, we see Cho pulling the victim outside, throwing him, like punching him, throwing him on the ground. And then we hear two gunshots. Um, and it then cuts back to the janitor and Cho or in Rigsby and Van Pelt. Um, they break they, they break their way outside finally, and they see the victim laying on the floor, covered in blood. And it's like it's a situation where it's like uh, Rigsby and Janitor are like Jesus man, what did you do? And like you know Cho Cho is off his rocker, being like like he. You know, he did it, he assaulted, and all this stuff. 
and the the janitor who is ultimately the actual killer is like freaking out at this point um and they use this as to 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 convince him basically that um oh god coerce <laughs> Did your brain just stop working? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you take over. You take over real quick. So, so they they so you I've hear lost the, it. You you hear the two gunshots and uh, they're like, oh god, this isn't good. Um, and Cho's like, this guy made me mad, and he points at the janitor. He's like, stay there. He tells Rigsby to put like he yells at Rigsby to put the de- the dead guy's body in the van. And Rigsby's like, Rigsby looks super shaken. They're all acting very well at this point because it's all set up, right? And he's like, fine, sure. Except for uh, that guy getting fucking knocked out because that was real. <laughs> yeah, that guy got the shit beat out of him. Oh, yeah. um, so then then the uh, the janitor, whose name is apparently Frank, he's like, look, I'm not going to say anything. And and Jane's like, what's he's, uh, Jane's like, what's he didn't confess? Like, he's not guilty. If he was guilty, he would have said something and he would have had that. And Cho's like, yeah, sure. And Jane turns to the janitor. He's like, what do you think? And J- the janitor's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, well, that's weird. I think you lied about what those numbers mean. And Frank's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you you were like, he then starts being like, you were you were making money off of these rich people's accounts. Like, you were, you were working and getting this information. And like, now you're getting rich after being stuck being a janitor. And Cho's like, why are you wearing these gloves? And he's got like these big, he's got like uh, basically like lab gloves on, like nitrile gloves on. And the guy's like, they're work gloves. He goes, you ain't working. Take them off. Is there, <laughs> there a reason you won't? Like Cho's getting mad. He's like, there a reason you won't take them off? Frank's like, no. Cho's like, well, maybe your hands are bloody. Someone came in and beat the shit out of me and my girlfriend. That would have, you would have bloody cuts up on your hands. Like, why don't you just take the gloves off? And Cho's like ramping up and ramping up and ramping up. And Jane now starts being like, you shot him, didn't you? You lied to us when you said he was coming in for payroll. Like, you saw, you shot him. And Cho is yelling at him, shows his hands. And Cho, like, draws the gun on him. And he's like, okay, stop, I killed him. And he takes the gloves off. And he's got all his hands. Uh, and Jane's like, tell the truth. And Cho's like, he's going to deny it. And Cho looks like he's going to shoot this guy. Yeah, he's genuinely um, pissed. Yeah. yeah. And so, so they're like, where's the gun? And the guy goes, it's in the storm drain. And so they go to they go to look for it. And Rigsby brings the like not dead, but dead guy out from the front. And the dude's like, but wait a minute. He was just dead. No. And they're like, no, it was an illusion. It's ketchup, <laughs> motherfucker. Put yeah, a bunch of so, ketchup on his ass. Yeah. And then uh, doesn't Cho punch him right in the face? Yeah. He does. So, he dicks him. And like, he like. He, it's it's an awkward situation. It doesn't call a ton of attention, but like Cho still has a gun pointed at him, and like genuinely yeah, is like I feel like fifty fifty. I'm gonna kill this motherfucker because yeah, because yep. Jane is like, hey, we got him. Like you like you can put the gun away. Like it's okay. Like we got the confession. We got all this stuff. And yeah, Cho settles for punching the punching him out instead. Yeah, like takes a, this guy's on his on his knees, and Cho just full out clocks this dude in the face well <laughs> it's pretty good uh i think we find out if we didn't already mention it that uh so the the, the full threat of it was that the um the victim got this job at this place um and 
this guy knowing that he was on parole and like upon threatening essentially like um i guess throwing him off parole or like using the fact that he knew that this guy was either a previously in a gang or back like in jail he would he coerced the guy into stealing laptops into um stealing the bank codes and stuff and then one thing led to another because because of that the, that's when the middle manager caught him stealing the laptop and then used that to blackmail him into um to to getting the the coke and the, it's a very it's a very unfortunate situation for this guy because then then that guy trying to get the coke led to the gangster folks being like I need a cut of this and like this is you know this is where like this guy's like I'm in over my head like and ultimately he's like I can't do this like so that's why he tried to call Cho for help he tried to um basically step away from all this and when the um when is the the ultimate murderer find out found out that he was trying to like quote unquote come clean is when he's like oh fuck like my gig is up so I have to kill this motherfucker yep. mm-hmm. um. <laughs> there's kind of, there's a pretty gross scene here. I don't know if you guys find it. I thought it was yeah. pretty fucked up. Where um, we have a scene with the the middle manager and like the lawyer sitting down with the CBI. Uh, Cho's like Cho apologizes, um, being like, "I'm sorry, I knocked you out multiple times." And the the lawyer is like, "I'm gonna have a fucking field day with this." Like he's like, "You get ready for like." Get used to my face, because you're going to see me till the end of time. Like, I got you, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, it is, like, uh, it is, like, breakfast club. Like, I got you all summer, motherfucker. Um, and uh, I want to say it's Lisbon. I think it's Lisbon. Is like, yeah, no, sure, totally. That's fine. He's like, but uh, just so you know, like, we have, like, like we have your the secretary. I forget her name. Like, her, like her testimony that you sexually assaulted her um and you know and he's like you can't use that that's inadmissible she's like it's not even the same forest like like this is a completely different thing but she's like but if you drop if you drop the charges against us like we will talk to the DA and get them to drop the charges of sexual assault on her and it's like it's super gross that, did that leave a bad taste in my mouth when yeah. I'm like yeah I'm like yo motherfucker like just take the lumps you guys definitely beat the shit out of this guy I'm yeah. sure he sucks but like don't like cut a bargain don't let and walk chip free. Yeah. using someone else's trauma it, like as your bargaining chip to be fair I think it's uh at least it is not justifiable no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that it shows that there are consequences for their actions, right? That, like, like part part of, I mean, part of me was rooting for Cho through all, like, through all this, even know that he was, like, breaking the law and stuff, but, like, this is a direct action of him not being able to control himself and going above the law is that, like, this, like, horrible fucking douchebag is now going to be back out on the street when they should have had him, like, dead to rights. Like, it's, like, the worst of the worst situation, right? That they're, like, letting this guy go because Cho couldn't, like, I get, control but the, himself. The, my, pro- but, but my big problem with it is, like, the CBI is, like, they're they're clean from all this, right? Because they've, they've 
used this other person's trauma, and she's the one that's fucked, right, from this whole situation. Probably. Which is bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like that there are consequences for them doing what they're doing. But no, the only person that actually ends up with consequences is the woman who had nothing to do with it and got sexually assaulted by this piece of shit guy. Like That's the CBI the only uses her her lawsuit to get out of their consequence. Right. Yeah. That's and the, the other guy gets out of his sexual assault because of the CBI and it's like So no justice because for of Crystal. Cho though. I mean the consequences to Cho are moral consequences not yeah, but the show doesn't show any legal of consequences. The show yeah, doesn't I mean, doesn't settle on any of it. The show basically, I I, I have an issue with with like Cho as a as a person. This episode, I, I still like him, of course, but like, yeah, he, he kind of um, well, it, extra. It, he and it kind of follows through with this following scene, right? Because he, he meets back up with um, the victim's grandmother, and this is a very heartfelt scene of him confessing, like, hey, like comes full circle of him being like your your grandson like reached out to me like i didn't help him like i thought he was still part of a gang like i thought he was like um still doing this stuff and like maybe it's essentially saying like if i could have trusted him more like you know maybe i could have helped him right but i didn't and you know that's on me and he asked for forgiveness from the grandmother um the grandmother gives it to him which again like i feel like i was like man like does she she never says i forgive you she hugs him but i feel like i feel like the the seed is set up in a way that she forgives cho and doesn't she forgive him in korean or something i don't think she i don't think she ever says i forgive you i feel like the hug of even if she doesn't say i feel like the hug is enough for me to be like ah i'm not you know like i feel like again i would have liked a little bit more of like Cho having to live with some regret here because I I do put some blame outside of all the assault that he's done in this episode. I also put some blame on it. It's like that's kind of shitty what he did to his friend. (laughs) Like honestly, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I really like the episode a lot. I regardless of like the actions that happened in it, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, Yeah, that was a good episode. Plus, uh, learning more about Cho is is always nice. Yeah, yeah. I think absent of like a Red John episode, getting more deep dives into these characters is always super great. Are we going to get a deep dive into Rigsby ever, or is the deep is the dive into Rigsby <laughs> only available in shallow form? <laughs> I think Van Pelt's next. I, oh, okay, Van Pelt. I feel like is ripe for something like that. I, I don't even know what like the Rigsby like thing would even be. That's what I'm saying. Is it only a shallow dive that can happen? Maybe some arson rival that he has oh, to yeah. contend with. Okay, I can get he down that. He has his own arch ar- arson arch nemesis. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, so before we end it here, I did want to ask, because I think, I want to say we're not basically like right at the halfway point of this season. Um, a little past, yeah. Did you guys have any mid-season thoughts? Like, how did you, how do you feel like this is uh, stacking up so far? I think that within the next three episodes, we're going to get a banger of an episode like hot fire. Something <laughs> awesome happens because like they're screwing with you, right? We're we're halfway season. We're halfway through the season and we got like two of the best episodes of the show so far as like random third of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. So like, why not throw me some flames coming up here soon? 
If you had to give a grade to this season, what would you give it? Talking like ABC grade? Yeah. Or whatever whatever ranking or whatever you want to. I'd give it like a B plus right now, I think. Okay. What do you think, Scott? Five. Five. All right. We will not elaborate further. Um, I like that. Yeah, I think I think I think the the floor for the show is higher with this season so far in my eyes uh, compared to the first uh, season. I think there was one truly great episode um, that I'm like all the way in for, and I think the rest have been more or less the same. Um, I am. I think one of the things we did talk about uh, early on with like our with this is that we it would be really cool. I, I don't know. If, I think we said it on air. I, I know we've had talked about it off air. Is it would be really cool to see a multi episode arc? Um, yeah, which, but I think that's probably the next Red John episode. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. I don't think we've seen any multi episode arc, right? Uh, the closest like, is the secretary, the sec- but that's not even like a. I was like gonna say like a, Red Bulls and his red right hand, where they it was the one where it was uh, the one where the Bosco team and Jane's team get together, and then the next episode where Bosco's yeah. team gets killed. I think you could maybe read that as I was trying to think if the season finale of season one had a lead in episode. No. Yeah. They didn't know because that was like the Tijuana Mexico murder, right? Yeah. Well, that wasn't the season finale. That was no, that wasn't the season finale. That was that wasn't the finale. No, no, the season finale was the secret hideout. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The kidnapping murder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think this season's been good. I think the sort of lull episodes have been more, or have been fewer and far between in this season. Um, I, I'm very curious. I wonder if a lot of that is because we've gotten to enjoy the characters enough that like, yeah they can lean on it. And I wonder, yeah, or you know, like you know, has it actually gotten that much better than the first season? Hard to know. Probably not. But I do think that I hope they in the future lean more on this kind of stuff. Where we've talked about it before, like the the time bomb episode and like the just having like more random episodes that are just sort of like out of the normal pace like and not like i understand they're never going to be regularly weird because it's you know a formulaic show in a formulaic space but like, I, I just not, like mixing it up no for sure we would not like a cbi episode or a law and order episode wouldn't get as personal as like an episode like this would so yeah i, I think that's yeah. definitely to the to the benefit of the show that it can actually go to those places yeah for sure all right. Well, uh, thank you guys as always for joining me. We are slugging. You're welcome. We are getting through Pleasure. this season together. Uh, but I am. I think I'm ready for another Red John episode for sure. Oh yeah. Um, where can people find us if they want to write in, Psycho? Yeah, if you want to write us again, you can reach us at itsminecrimes at gmail dot com, and you can tweet at us uh, at mindscrimes. And quick, quick shout out. I know we've. Had a few people message us on our Twitter. Uh, we always appreciate the feedback. Um, and thank you guys as always for joining me. We have Chris Sacco. 
See you later, everyone. Have a good night, evening, morning, whatever you're doing. <laughs> we have Scott Lee. Good night, everybody. Wee! <laughs> and I am Vic Seal. Peace. Later. <laughs> Are we saying goodbye twice now? We I always do. We just keep saying goodbye until the end, like, like, the fades out. Bye. Bye.